The Way to Glory is produced by CT Creative Studio in collaboration with Revelation Media and The Pilgrim's Progress. The movie, coming to theaters Easter weekend. For more information, keep listening or go to revelationmedia.com. A world away and still not far Like fabric woven into ours the dawn is shot out through the night And day is coming soon The journey of the Christian life is a precarious undertaking full of setbacks, failures, and disappointments. John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress offers an unflinching look at the spiritual and emotional dangers we face along the way to the cross and eternal life in the celestial city. Each week on The Way to Glory, we'll be following the story's protagonist, Christian, in another chapter on that journey. On the final episode of The Way to Glory, we're guided through striking, difficult imagery by the interpreter, with hymn writer Kristen Getty as our aide. This is The Way to Glory, a Pilgrim's Progress podcast, presented by CT Creative Studio and Revelation Media. That I've run will be wise. I'm sure you've had those moments when an overly familiar passage of scripture suddenly comes to life before your eyes. Maybe you were hit with the force of it during a praise song that references scripture. Maybe it activated in your intellect, your emotions, and your being in ways you weren't prepared for, and you wished happened more. Hi, I'm your host, Richard Clark. As I've grown older, I've been more and more able to understand the scripture. But I'm also aware of the limits of my ability to fully grasp the transcendent holy truths about God's holiness, the Trinity in Christ's gospel. For now, I see through a glass darkly. This episode's guest is Kristen Getty. Kristen writes and performs hymns with her husband, Keith, and in her words, she's an ambassador for hymns, both hers and those that the Gettys think will edify the church. And now, after being known as the voice behind songs like In Christ Alone and The Power of the Cross, you'll get the chance to hear her as the voice of the character Interpreter in The Pilgrim's Progress, the movie. This was hard for their kids to wrap their heads around. Couldn't quite work out why it didn't look like me, this blonde hair and flowing white dress Mm -hmm. with brown eyes. But it sounded like me. And then I talked to them about how I'd hopefully take them to the theatre so they could watch it. And Charlotte said to me, well, how, how is that going to, will you sit beside us? Or how are you going to be on the screen and sit beside us at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny anecdote, but it's also an illustration of how the limits of our imagination can often make it hard to see reality. Or how God's more fantastic works are hard to grasp. Yeah, so my character is called the Interpreter. Then the interpreter took him by the hand and led him into a very large parlor that was full of dust because never swept. The which, after he had reviewed it a little, the interpreter called for a man to sweep. Now, when he began to sweep, the dust began so abundantly to fly around that Christian had almost therewith been choked. Then said the interpreter to a damsel that stood by, Bring hither water and sprinkle the room, 
the which when he had done, it was swept and cleansed with pleasure. Then said Christian, What means this? The interpreter answered, This parlor is the heart of a man that was never sanctified by the sweet grace of the gospel. The dust is his original sin and inward corruptions that had defiled the whole man. He that began to sweep at first is the law, but she that brought water and did sprinkle it is the gospel. So she comes at a a crucial point um, in in Christian's journey to try and speak both encouragement but also to give clarity because he is weary, a little confused, troubled. And she provides a little oasis in his journey for him to come and reflect and to ponder, to consider again that this is this is a um, it is a difficult journey. It is a worthwhile journey. It is he, he really has no alternative because it is the way to go. But um, just to get some guidance and how how to see things better, how to understand things better, and to give him strength for his next steps. What happens to Christian here is an interruption in his journey. He's so focused on getting there that he has to be almost forcibly interrupted and forced to like revisit the things that he's doing in the first place. We can all relate to the need for someone to sort of pull us aside and cause us to think on the things that really matter. As a, um, a busy mother and as a busy um, musician and you know, leading um, the business side and ministry of what we do, everything happens in such haste. Everything builds up so quickly. And it is so easy to just continue to go through the motions and um, to bear the burdens and to not take the time to sit down and to ponder and to reflect at so many different levels. And, and singing helps us do this, you know, which is why I appreciate it so much as a singer. Um, to be able to um, take that time to ponder on these truths, um, to share the understanding of these truths with people around you, and to, to take those those moments out of the busyness of life to feel a sense of restoring. You know, from Sunday to Sunday, I often feel people, they come in, I think of this a lot whenever I'm leading singing, we come in sort of bruised and battered, by our own doing, yes, but also by the world around us. And we come in in desperate need of refreshment and rest and just to lift our eyes and to consider something greater and to ponder um, eternity and to just have a better perspective on things and to reach for that eternal vision which the Lord so graciously gives to us. There's a series of sort of escalating object lessons The interpreter took Christian by the hand and led him into a place where was fire burning against a wall, and one standing by it, always casting much water upon it to quench it, yet did the fire burn higher and hotter. There are two children, which is, that's where it starts (laughs) to get into like creepy. Um, Yeah, my my kids were a little, oh, why are those babies floating around in the sky? (laughs) (laughs) The interpreter took him by the hand and had him into a little room where sat two little children, each one in his chair. The name of the eldest was Passion, and the name of the other, Patience. Passion seemed to be much discontented. The governor of them would have him stay for his best things till the beginning of next year. But he will have all now, but Patience is willing to wait. 
and the other that's just whining and moaning about everything. Now, I'm not saying it's just because I have four girls. I'm as good a whiner as they can be. <laughs> but then the character says, oh, won't you be a deer when you grow up? <laughs> I see that and go, oh my goodness, a whiny person is so unattractive, whether they're six months old or whether they're 60. Uh-huh. <laughs> then I saw that one came to passion and brought him a bag of treasure and poured it down at his feet. The witch he took up, and rejoiced therein, and withal laughed patience to scorn. But I beheld but a while, and he had lavished all away, and had nothing left but rags. The interpreter said, To wit, the glory of the next world will never wear out, but these are suddenly gone. Therefore passion had not so much reason to laugh at patience, because he had his good things first, as patience will have to laugh at passion, because he had his best things last. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18 Be a patient person and show kindness and have perspective. Gosh, what a challenge that can be, you know. The Way to Glory is produced in partnership with Revelation Media in anticipation of their upcoming film, The Pilgrim's Progress, coming to theaters Easter weekend. I spoke with producer and writer Steve Cleary about his hopes and visions for the film and why he would take the step of making a movie about one of the most beloved stories in the English language. Was there a specific moment that sort of inspired you to make this movie? It really was a dream way beyond what we thought we could pull off. It was actually the very day I was debating whether I should be doing this. Somebody had handed me a letter from Richard Wombrand, and he talked about the importance of the book, and he approved the translation and printing of it to Russia, to the underground church in Russia when they were under communism. You know, I mean, here's a book that the underground church would risk imprisonment to print and distribute because it would be that encouraging to them. There is a family in China that's in prison right now because authorities walked into their house and saw a copy of Ogum's Progress. And I said, it is the movie to do. To partner in their efforts in translation and distribution, and to download a free animated Pilgrim's Progress ebook, go to revelationmedia.com. The interpreter is constantly asking Christian to wait. Christian wants to leave. She's leading him by the hand through these rooms of the house, and she's holding him back, really. He's trying to get out of there. But the interpreter, who has his best interest in mind, is keeping him there. Now, said Christian, let me go hence. Nay, stay, said the interpreter, tarry till I shall show thee one more thing, and then thou shalt go on thy way. It's telling and it's appropriate that one of the last things that Christian sees is a man who's waking up. So he took Christian by the hand and led him into a chamber where there was one rising out of bed. And as he put on his raiment, he shook and trembled. Then said Christian, Why doth this man thus tremble? The man said, Why, I thought that the day of judgment was come, and that I was not ready for it. But this frightened me most, that the angels gathered up several and left me behind. Also, the pit of hell opened up her mouth just where I stood. My conscience too afflicted me, and, as I thought, the judge had always his eye upon me, showing indignation in his countenance. Sometimes, even more than encouragement, we need a wake-up call. A reminder that there's a world, story, and a God that's bigger than we are. 
We need those wake-up calls because reality has a way of hiding itself. What can feel like the real world can often be a smokescreen. And so much of the art we consume in our lives, even the Christian stuff, can often act as a blinder to what's really going on, whether it means to or not. You know, when it comes to the the, the songs that we write, we're trying to um, paint as, 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 as wide and as deep and high a picture of the God of the Bible, of salvation, of the call to live a Christian life. But sometimes, you know, um, our worship music can feel like more of a narcotic and not necessarily waking us up to the truth. You know, the truth, of course, is what will set you free. And it's so easy to to, to live, you know, the, just the busyness of everyday life, to not be not be awake to that. Those moments that you're talking about, just being so struck with this is so real, this is so wonderful, but this is this is more serious than I can possibly imagine. And I think that's where the, where it would cause you to tremble. You know, the, 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 how incredibly true this is that there that we have this disease of sin that we cannot fix on our own. There's nothing that we can do to fix it. Praise be to God that he has stepped into this world and provided a way for it to be fixed. But oh my goodness, at what cost was this way given? The future that we are called to, that there will be a day of accounting, a day of unbelievable joy, but a day of great anguish for those who don't know him, but also standing before him and giving account for our lives. These are very real, <laughs> you know, shake your life up things. The interpreter says to Christian, have you considered all these things? And then Christian says, yes. And they put me in hope and fear. The interpreter does sort of the equivalent of what I think a song can do, of, of, of what a hymn can do that really expounds the truth of God and allows for those moments to reflect, to ponder, and, and, and to be renewed. None of us is too good, too smart, too busy, or too mature to give time to the Holy Spirit and to let the Spirit's work stir our hearts. Whether it's through silence, music, literature, or some other form of art, the Spirit can grab hold of our convictions and shake the cobwebs loose. The interpreter said, Well, keep all things so in thy mind, that they may be as a goad in thy sides, to prick thee forward in the way thou must go. Then Christian began to gird up his loins, and to address himself to his journey. Then said the interpreter, The comforter be always with thee, good Christian, to guide thee in the way, that leads to the city. So Christian went on his way, saying, Here I have seen things rare and profitable, things pleasant, dreadful, things to make me stable, in what I have begun to take in hand. Then let me think on them and understand, wherefore they shown me were, and let me be. Thankful, O good interpreter, to thee. I just love that idea that these these works of art, like your music, the movie itself, um, the book, are all things that, yes, they instill in us a, a sort of healthy hope and a healthy fear, like a realistic hope and a realistic fear. And the end goal here is to keep us on the path. Mm-hmm. You know, Right, right. It reminds me of, you know, C.S. Lewis in The Last Battle he said, but courage, child, we, we are all between the paws of the true Aslan. You know, that sort of, and I, I always love that, that little phrase, you know, and, and, and the importance of just, of, of courage. Um, and I think things at Pilgrim's Progress, you know, you know, great hymns of the faith do this. They embolden us. 
how do we bring you know continue to use these and find fresh ways of bringing them to the older things to a new generation but then how indeed are we inspiring this generation to reach for a much higher level of art to reach for classic art to reach for things that are timeless Mm and to study their craft over a lifetime and to and to see it as benefiting more than just the moment um but you know decades centuries Bunyan knew this fundamentally. That's why he released this work. It's why we continue to hear about Pilgrim's Progress throughout the years. But I learned something in the process of producing this podcast, that Bunyan, when he was writing Pilgrim's Progress itself, didn't realize he was writing something he was going to publish. Bunyan was just kind of passing the time. That tells you that Bunyan was creating for an audience when he didn't even know. And he was creating something that had profound unfathomable impact, and he had no idea that he was doing it. More than 300 years later, something Bunyan was doing to pass the time, his own solitary creation, is still influencing us today, still encouraging us and moving us forward. I asked Kristen Getty a particular question at the end, whether Pilgrim's Progress had ever informed any of her songwriting work, and it was kind of like a shot in the dark. Like, I, I, I didn't expect a yes. And frankly, I didn't get a yes. What I got instead was not yet. And she went on further than that. Well, not, not specifically. Not yet. It, it, it will, though. <laughs> because it's every year, the things that I read or I'm involved in all sort of become part of the water and the creative wells that I pull from. So we're about to go into a month of writing. And over the course of this year, it will come through. But then, of course... The Pilgrim's Progress is, is based on, on what it means to live the, you know, the gospel story and living a gospel life. And so many of the hymns, particularly that we've written these last years and that my husband and Stuart Townend have written, have been based on that great gospel story of that, of that same moment of losing the, losing the chains, losing that burden and knowing that you're free. And we have you know, several times tried to write that story in the hymns because the source is the same. The art that we consume affects us deeply in ways that we are and aren't conscious of. There are sort of two effects of Bunyan's work, and they're cited in this conversation with the interpreter. Christian articulates one of them. He says, I've seen things pleasant, dreadful, things to make me stable. Christian's appreciative in this moment of the encouraging aspect of what he's seeing. But then there's another thing that the interpreter says. A river that they may be a goad in thy sides to prick thee forward in the way you must go. Every choice we make in our life is a creation. Now that we've confronted all of these characters, we've thought deeply about and what it means to be talkative or faithful or hopeful. We can go forward and make new choices, new creations, influenced by Bunyan in the same way that so many have been before. I think what Bunyan would want most is exactly what Kristen Getty is talking about, taking those words and writing our own songs based on them. This is what I hope we, however imperfectly, accomplished with The Way to Glory. Not just to talk about a timeless artifact of Christian history, but using our creative form to help you see the map, to 
cause you to pause and return to the scriptures with the Holy Spirit's essential help and take hold of the ticket to the celestial city, the redemption delivered to you through Christ's gospel. There is a far, We hope you enjoyed The Way to Glory and that you'll enjoy The Pilgrim's Progress, the movie. We're just days away from its release this Easter weekend. There's still time to find tickets and watch it in the theater, and there'll be plenty of opportunities at revelationmedia.com to support their efforts to distribute the film to the global mission field. Thank you to all the guests that have helped to bring this book to life on our podcast, and special thanks to Jennifer Clark, Joy Beth Smith, Natalie Lederhouse, Steve Cleary, Mark Harper, and the Gray Havens. This episode was written and produced by myself, Richard Clark, and Cray Allred. Narration by Marissa Torado. Theme music is Shadows of the Dawn by the Gray Havens from their album, Ghost of a King. Additional music by the Gray Havens and Sweeps. Kingdom